Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the Xenophage. A lot of people have been talking about it. We got an update from Bungie on it, so I wanted to do a video about this gun. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. Usually when these hit the feeds, I'm live on Twitch. And if you go to SayNoToRage.com, it'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. So let's jump right into this one. This gun has been a hot topic right after it lands in the game. Everybody's talking about it because it's not very good. It's got uh, a lot of problems. And we got an update from Cosmo. I'm going to read that update to you in just a moment. Uh, He commented on Reddit. But I did want to talk about everything involved with it. I didn't want to just talk about what Cosmo said. So I want to open by talking about getting the weapon. I'm going to kind of walk through the quest, what I thought about it, how they implemented it in the dungeon. Uh, I'm going to walk through kind of, I'm not going to give you a guide on how to do it. It's pretty basic. If you want a guide, I know there's some good guides out there already. I don't really do guide videos like that. I am doing some guide videos for the Nightmare Hunts, but that's a little bit different. Secondly, I want to talk about the gun, even though what we know about it even though what we know about it is a little weird, uh, I do want to talk about the actual gun itself, uh, and then I want to end by talking about the update from Bungie. A lot of us were theorizing about different things. A lot of us were were coming up with, oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I, 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 I still have some theories, even after what they said. So let's just start by, by opening up about talking about getting the actual weapon. I actually thought the quest was really, really cool. You're going around in the different lost sectors. You're solving these little puzzles. Obviously, most people are just using a guide now, so it goes pretty quickly. You gotta, like, create all the symbols with the symbol on the top and blah, blah, blah. And you go around and you do all that. And I always kind of like when they do stuff like that. It's a little bit unique. It's a little bit challenging. Um, nothing attached to this this dungeon or these puzzles is particularly challenging we're not doing like weeks and weeks of the ARG that led to the outbreak prime although I miss those days leopard stealth uh, retweeted the video of him o- them opening that the, the diamond in wrath of the machine I remember waking up and checking my phone it was so cool and uh, we're not getting that level of you know puzzle solving anymore but I think that's okay we don't always need to have something that's taking the entire community and the the mathematical prowess of reddit to figure things out uh, that that that's fun but not always necessary. tying it to the dungeon was another part that I really really liked eventually you're going to go into the dungeon and there's little things you need to do when you're in there and I like that they did that they're going to kind of take you into the dungeon I was wrong people were like is it going to be tied to the dungeon I thought ah probably not but they actually did tie it to the dungeon so I was wrong about that and there's an extra boss there's a hidden boss I wasn't expecting that I thought oh we're going to go through the dungeon we're going to do a few extra things we're going to open up a few extra doors Uh, you know stand here do this stand there do that uh, I especially like the part where they take you out over the bones that are below. I, I don't know if it's an Ahamkara, but there's some massive, massive and a thing that died down there. Uh, and we go out above it at one point with the little platforms. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then the actual boss itself was a secret extra boss that you do not fight in the normal dungeon. Kind of a bummer. I don't know if you can go in and voluntarily fight. That'd be cool if you go in and voluntarily fight her on the regular for more loot drops if she drops something specific that'd be kind of neat because I enjoyed the fight and I enjoy that it's kind of secret and off and hidden as far as the boss fight itself goes a lot of people are saying oh it's crazy oh it's frustrating I actually think this boss fight is a good indication that Bungie is moving in a direction for damage and phases on an enemy and phases on a boss that are not cheap there's no like oh they're immune or oh you can just bake them it's in a nice happy medium so what ends up happening is you get a random thing applied to you 
and it's either arc solar void or kinetic once that is applied to you you got to go grab a ball in the center of the room and slam it at the corresponding symbol whenever you do that you can then do damage to the boss with that particular element so if you were really hoping to use arc or void or solar on the boss you can only do it every once in a while so it did take some synergy it took some timing and some intelligence and just basic survivability you can get wiped in the room there's no enraged boss wipe mechanics you can take your time and play it slow if you need to and I really really liked it I thought it was an enjoyable fight I think this means that Bungie is open to trying out new boss fight philosophy I am really not a fan of immunity I'm not a fan of the way they do I love the nightmare hunts at master and we're trying to like maximize timing and stuff but I really don't like that one of the primary things we end up grading against in the nightmare hunts at master it's not managing the ads it's not managing speed of efficiency traveling to the boss it's a stupid and tired overused immunity mechanic in the nightmare hunts so this fight's an example of one where I'm really hoping they start to lean into better boss philosophy because I really don't like the Nightmare Hunt immunity thing. Last, uh, secondly, let's talk about the gun. It certainly looks cool. It, it certainly looks cool. It's absolutely massive. I mean, it's basically a sniper rifle uh, with the... It's like Goliath's sniper rifle. It is, it is enormous. It's a machine gun with a giant oversized sniper rifle barrel. It even sounds cool. They did a really good job with the design here. The way it opens and you can kind of see the little bug on the inside. They took this thing physically to a lot of the conferences and let people see. They lifted up the you know the chamber so you could see the bug inside. Sounds really, really cool. Like As a weapon from a design standpoint, this is a weapon that I want to use. Like th- That's a thing in Destiny, I think. When you get something and it sounds good, you want to use it. The Awestringer is a good example of that. The sound of that weapon. The the loud lullaby. I love the sound of some of the hard-hitting hand cannons. And, and this is another example of a weapon that I would like to use it. It feels, it feels and looks really, really neat. Now, it cannot crit. That's actually by design. We have confirmation. I'll read the quote to you in just a moment from Cosmo. It cannot quit crit, which is by design, uh, but the damage output is awful. It is absolutely terrible, and we were all coming up with theories as to why. I thought, oh, we're going to cleanse it in the, in the dungeon. There's something wrong with it. Oh, there's going to be a catalyst. There's going to be something that we do to the weapon. Paul Tassi quoted me in his article. He's like, this weapon is performing so poorly that people are now theorizing it's actually by design that we're going to do something to it later. I'm going to get to you know Bungie's answer to that in just a second. Outside of that, let's just say, okay, let's ignore the damage. Let's imagine they fix that somehow. The reload, the fire rate, and the handling really, really at the current moment make it impossible to justify using, as well as how much ammo it can even carry. So you can't carry a ton of ammo. Reloading it is awfully slow. Fire rate slow, handling slow. This is a monster. It's meant to feel like this giant, massive, bulky thing, and you cannot justify taking up an exotic and a heavy slot in one swing with this weapon. There are plenty of other guns that are being used right now for maximum damage, whether it's the Izanagi's, whether it's the Divinity, or just your garden variety Whisper Burns, or just using a legendary heavy with the right combinations and the right things. This thing's just not really landing on the game at all right now. So, what was the update? What did they actually say? So Cosmo takes to Reddit and responds to squelch some theories as well as give some clarity. So first he said, I checked with the team on this. The fact that the Xenophage does not do precision damage is not a bug and by design. So ship that one down the lane. We're, we're not getting crit damage unless that comes from the catalyst, which even then probably wouldn't be enough. 
However, he says, the weapon is unintentionally underperforming and we are currently investigating. Thanks for the feedback and feel free to share any additional uh, thoughts that you have. So, it's underperforming. Now, we're getting word of mouth and rumor mill is stirring up and people are saying this thing was way stronger at PAX or one of the conferences or something where people could play and the people who got to play with it were like, this thing, might have been Gamescom, they're like, this thing was way stronger back then. It was once happening in the Crucible, it was significantly stronger, it was, it was, you know, it was a lot better state. Some people have then theorized that maybe between the feedback that was offered at that time was, this thing is absurdly strong, maybe Bungie went in and did a nerf prior to its launch and maybe they just kind of over swung so at the moment we have confirmation from Bungie that this thing is underperforming it should be doing more damage but it's not supposed to be doing crit damage now here's my theory about what's going on first of all it's good to know that we're not crazy like man this thing feels like absolute junk to the point that I'm like we're going to have to do something to fix it well it sounds like Bungie is going to do something to fix it I still think there's more to this gun than meets the eye. It's been data mined that there is a stronger difficulty for the dungeon. I feel like we're going to do more with this gun. I feel like a catalyst will unlock. I feel like they have intentionally left the catalyst out of the game because they don't want it to get data mined. They don't want us to know what it is. The fact that we put in a literal bug inside the gun and it is, you know, it is the spirit of one of Eris's fire team, I think somebody said. I forget his name. Uh, and another thing that's not super strong the the ornament you can buy for it is called a better specimen and it applies essentially the look and feel of all the moon weapons this little symbol back here with the sword and the circle if you look at all of the moon weapons they all have that pattern on there the easiest one to see it is loud lullaby it's nice and zoomed in you can see that color there and one of the things you can actually do is if you preview the old style and then you preview lunar halcyon that's what these guns look like at their base level so it's strange to me that the ornament for it is called better specimen and it makes it look like the rest of the lunar weapons i just have a strange feeling that oh yeah omar is the bug thank you Omar is the bug inside. I have a feeling that we're going to do something more with the gun, whether it's a catalyst or a quest line. I do think Bungie's going to raise its default performance. It is underperforming, but I also think there's more to this gun than meets the eye, and we're going to do things with it and, and potentially do something with the catalyst that takes it up out of even once they fix it, make it even stronger beyond that. We are going to do question and answer next. If you're here live right now, stick around for that. Push the follow button if you want to submit questions in chat or support the channel with a free follow. If you're watching or listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, or YouTube. You can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Xenophage. We got some information from Bungie, so we discussed that and did a video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Saynotorage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel if you want to join these conversations. Let's jump right into the question. HMongolite with the first question says, Lono, do you think the new exotic exotics maybe are tuned down weak on purpose so that it can be buffed later on versus being too strong on release and then dialed back it gets lots of complaint divinity is strong because it's bugged and can stack debuff i disagree with that levy breath is a one uh is a one hit in pvp and gambit but no traction in pve and xeno is not gaining any 
follower pre-buff. Well, I, we, yeah, we need to know. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do to it. Um, thank you, um, Ryo Maximus, for two months of subs. We have no idea what they're going to do to the Xeno, okay? So we need to not jump to conclusions about it. I mean, there's definitely... It definitely could become usable. I think Divinity is actually really strong and really helpful. Uh, you got to remember, you got Coldheart and Prometheus Lens and Divinity. Divinity ignoring and, and, and all my strats that we've been coming up for speed runs on the nightmare hunts at master we have not been using the divinity with with the debuff and divinity still has a place in some of the strategies because it's got good reach it's good against arc shields when we were doing the zydron uh one we were kind of we were coming up with strats for zydron and it was really helpful with the arc shields and debuffing and hitting people that you know you combine that with a nice snipe and his anagis it's still really helpful I, you know it's also got overload built in so overload champions get absolutely decimated by it as long as somebody is there dutiful to like hit the snipe shot and and rip them up once they're stunned and taking uh taking damage so leviathan's breath gets mixed reviews i think it gets mixed reviews because a lot of people are saying it's good, it's good, it's great, it has its purpose, and other people are saying, no, it's trash. So that one's subjective. And then Ariana's Vow, if you watch any of my strats around going through Nightmare Hunts at Master quickly, Ariana's Vow is in there a lot of the times. It's a, it's a, it's a solid weapon with specific purposes. Maybe that's the growing trend. Maybe the growing trend is that Bungie is going to be creating exotics that have certain purposes and, 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 and roles as opposed to being like, it's universally amazing and now all other guns stink or all other exotics don't matter like when Whisper dropped or when the, you know, now Izanagi's took a while to catch on, but now Izanagi's is really good. And I just think sometimes it takes time for strategies to emerge, but also I think sometimes it's just like there, there's, there's too much power in one weapon. So, it's possible, it's possible that they're saying, let's create exotics that have specific roles and purposes for optimization in the right context. If you're trying to do master nightmare hunts for the time trials, that's that's, that's not easy. It's not easy. And, And doing that in addition to like your loadout with your armor and everything, I think exotics are coming in and playing a particular role on top of, of what you're doing. And that's why I think some people are going to sleep on Ariana's Vow. They're like, oh, Ariana's Vow is slow. It's not very good. I don't like it. And then you start trying to do master nightmare hunts for speed. And then suddenly the gun emerges as like, this is really nice. One of the things I like that we're doing in the nightmare hunts is we're developing strategies where we do most of the damage to the boss with our supers, <clears throat> which means we're not doing the classic, like, stack up and use your heavy, or stack up and use your sniper. And I think that, that that is showing that then we can move through the actual nightmare hunt, and we're using our weapons, our, our Wendigos, because Wendigo is, like, super helpful in that content. I'm being more weapons-free. I don't know if that's intended. I don't know if Bungie's intending us to treat Nightmare Hunts that way, but that's how we're treating them right now. I'm being super weapons-free with Wendigo and Ariana's and Izanagi's. One of the things we're running into, though, is that the boss rooms are really, really challenging at Delta, and the immunity and the phase of the fight, you've got to really figure out almost like a cheesy way to sit or a way to bake the boss and get rid of them right away. Uh, the Tanix the video that we made... 
we didn't even get to melt him and we have melted him with our strategy we've gone in melted him decimated him five minutes and 55 seconds completion time amazing for a master nightfall nightmare hunt for tanix and then we've run it a couple other times and we can't kill him it's like damage reception's inconsistent when we're doing that much damage i think the game sometimes glitches um and you know and there's rng and they move and so i don't think they're going to be giving us exotics anymore that are like just stand here in a well and bake or just stand here in this thing and, 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 and absolutely decimate the boss. I don't think we're going to be doing that anymore. I think you're going to slowly more and more see exotics that serve a particular purpose. And Xenophage, maybe we just don't know what its purpose is yet because it's really underperforming. EPKA. <clears throat> Do you understand the wording in yesterday's TWAB about the Pluperfect and the, and the machine gun being available with intentionality from Vex Offensive? meaning we'll be able to get frames and craft them like the Vex offensive weapons. It'd be great to be given how abysmally low the drop chance has been for those guns. I would have to reread the TWAB for that particular part because I don't know exactly how they phrased it. Um, I do know uh, that they at them adding it was like exciting. It's just like, oh man, those auto rifles and those... that, that, that I'm sorry, that particular auto rifle and that... Um, that crucible, that that machine gun. Sorry. Um, oh, here's the quote in chat. While players may currently unlock the chance for these weapons to drop with random rolls from the crucible gambit and strikes, we wanted to add them to another activity to give players more agency in earning random rolls. I believe they're just going to drop. Yes, given that phrasing. I uh, thank you for finding that. Uh, EPKA. Um, that uh, I think that that's helpful, and I don't think. Um, I don't think we're going to get a frame because the, the the drop rate already is really good in there. So if they're just adding it to the loot pool, you're probably going to get them pretty regularly. I mean, stuff is dropping like crazy in Vex Offensive. I mean, it's, oh, oh, there's always something dropping. So, Hefe, Le- uh, Leviathan Hefe with five months. Thank you so much. Uh, TP Fearless. As a Titan that plays PvP uh, everyone in, every once in a while... Uh, I often don't know how to grind bright dust. What's the best way uh, right now? I don't, since I don't passively gain it from bright engrams. Well, if you're playing crucible a lot, then grab your weekly crucibles and your repeatables. So the repeatables are like the one you can keep buying. You can carry five at a time. If you do your weeklies with Zavala and Shax and Ikora, and you do your repeatables, all of those award bright dust. Um, so. If you're really worried about every week getting bright dust, I would just add that to your weekly ritual and grab those and do those. Uh, Poobsy. In the TWAB, in the Pinnacle Hotfix section, it starts with, when we design the Pinnacle Band of Power for Season 8, you think this hints to a power cap increase each season? We got this answer this morning, and I think you, uh, question this morning, I'm sorry. Oh, Drifter, not Ikora. Sorry. Not Ikora. I said that wrong. I pictured that part of the tower and I said the wrong NPC. Do Shaq, Zavala, and Drifter. Sorry. <clears throat> Basically do Shaq and Zavala. Who wants to play Gambit? Anyway. Um, we got this question this morning. You know, the quote is, when we designed the Pinnacle Power Band, uh, the Pinnacle Band of Power for Season 8, I think they are referring to the amount of Pinnacle earn rate in Season 8. Okay? That doesn't mean that you're supposed to hit 960 in season 8. I think people are reading too much into it. 
in season eight they're saying there is a band of pinnacle power there is a there's an amount of earn earnable power beyond 950 in season eight it's not hitting the pacing that we want so we're gonna mitigate bad drops so plus ones are gonna become plus twos next week on thursday so november the 7th there'll be an update whoops sorry there'll be an update and that update will then allow pinnacles to be plus two now keep in mind the reasoning that they provided was not so people can reasonably hit 960 this season or we want people to be able to hit 960 they said it will now only require you to get four of the right drops to raise your level one point again i think in a good good environment with seven pinnacle sources a week at best you're gaining one to one and a half if you got good rng you're gaining one to one and a half levels a week and that means in a 12-week season you're in in the best system possible you can enjoy 960 for like a week and then whenever you go to the next season there's a new power bump your 960 sure it gives you a head start i i still don't think that's much of a value point I think in their mind, they envision a very, very small percentage of people getting close to 960 this season. Uh, again, a very small percentage hitting it next season. And then it's going to grow out from there. Every season, more people get to 960. By the time we get to spring, they would envision the 20 to 25% more hardcore players have hit 960. And then that leads to whatever the summer is when it'll be like no time in destiny. I think the 960 grind was designed to get you three or four pinnacle levels per season, and there's no way people were going to hit that with the really, really bad drops. You know, expecting perfect RNG on eight drops is stupid, right? So, I don't think, I don't think they're giving us this as like a season by season extra 10 grind i think it is meant to span multiple seasons and they have not said anything to indicate the alternative to that now i don't want to argue from silence that's a pretty weak way to argue but i would imagine by now bungie would have spoken to this with some explicitness like some like here's what we're gonna do like with th- this is the way this is meant to go people have been asking they've been saying look wh- what's the earn what are we can even can we even hit 960 in a season is it even possible right yeah gear score guys gear score when we're talking about pinnacle and we're talking about going from 950 to 960 we're talking about gear score the artifact confuses it okay i don't think i don't think that they designed this to be a grind that takes place in one season. I really don't. I, I, that, that, that's not the intention of it. Again, if you've got fantastic RNG, you're going to hit 960 and be able to enjoy it for like a week or two, and then they're going to do it all over again next season? I don't know. There's a lot standing in the way of that being that being the way it's working. Number one, what I just outlined, the pacing seems ludicrous, right? 960 gear score by the end of the season and only getting to enjoy that plus your artifact for like a week or two. Then the artifact gets reset and you can be like, oh, well, they're hardcore though. They're 960 and they have a head start, okay? Um, 
across all three characters, you're probably going up about two, two and a half to three levels a week now. No. If if it takes four drops to raise you one level, okay? Let's just start at the beginning. You're 950. And your first character gets four drops in the right spots. And he bumps to 951. Number one, that doesn't mean the guns are 951 to hand to the next person. Okay? And then there's three drops remaining. Now, you would hope some of those drops would hit guns. So, that guy, in the best in the best possible drops, he gets all of his guns to hit 951, and he's 951.5. He's basically like halfway there. Because he got four drops that were all, that got him all the way there, and then, he got, and then he got three drops that are six of the eight he needs. So, he's actually a little bit higher. He's like a 1.75. In the best RNG possible, he's 1.75. Um, primes drop at level so they will gap fill my primes aren't dropping at level am I not 951 yet I thought one of my guys was 951 I didn't realize primes drop at level for gap fill yeah my warlock is 951 I don't, I've, I don't think I've gotten a 951 prime from him they don't prime and legendaries gap fill I don't think so Primes and milestones will. They do drop at 951. Oh, I'm dumb. I have one. I must have just hit 951 from the dungeon pinnacle or something. I must have just done it this week. Eugene is right. Okay, okay. Okay, so if you gap fill with primes and hit 951, and then you hand those guns to your second character, that second character now needs... Oh, those would be 952... No, they'd be 951. They'd be 951, maybe 952. I don't know. Maybe, Eugene. Maybe. Again, you're talking about, right? You're talking about people getting amazing RNG, backfilling with primes to get more than one level a week. Let's say they do it, okay? Let's say they do it. You're still talking about a 12 week season. And if the best possible, most hardcore, ardent grinder, they're going to hit it in five to six weeks, okay? That's actually not bad. They get to enjoy half the season at 960. Um, And then the level bump next season would basically be like, okay, now you got to do it all over again. Given everything else that we've talked about, every season is a la carte. You got to do something with the people that start to fall behind because they ran into that problem with the last annual pass. So then you'd have to bring back surge bounties or surge quest. Luke Smith seemed to indicate that was not ideal. Okay. I, I don't know. And that's an incredibly small percentage of people. That's an incredibly small percentage of people that care that much to be that dutiful. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there's still a lot more pointing to my prediction that 960 is meant to span multiple seasons and our primary grind is the artifact. I think Bungie's silence on the matter is almost confirmation. If they they would have spoken to this by now, I would think. I would think. I could be wrong, but I would have thought they would have spoken to this by now. Or they would have said it in their update. We're doing this because getting plus two on four drops instead of needing plus one on eight is a better system and we want to do this to ensure people can actually get to 960 this season to enjoy the fruits of their labor 
I'm I, I'm just surprised we didn't hear anything about it. Why would they not speak about the philosophy of 960? What is it? Why would they not assure us that there's going to be a level bump next season? I'm not the only one speculating this, by the way. There's other people that are making this speculation. And Bungie, typically, if they're shutting down a false, like, a false speculative thing, they'll shut that down and be like, no, 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 that's not how it's going to work. This is how it's going to work. I would have imagined by now, they're... They would have said this is how it's going to work if if I if I'm wrong, I think they're remaining silent because I think there's going to be an actual blog post closer to season of dawn that explains why there is no power bump on your gear in season of dawn. I think the difficulty spectrums get to stay static and stay the same. I think the lion's share of the community doesn't feel like they're falling behind. I think it makes better sense for a la carte seasons, and I think it makes better sense to have it crescendo with. 20 to 30 percent of the community slowly getting the 960 in next season and beyond so that season of you know the summer season is like the culmination of everything i'm just telling you i feel like by now they would have spoken to this i i could be wrong i don't want to argue conclusively from bungie's silence but they like this is the type of thing they typically pipe up about and say we've seen a lot of people questioning the pacing of pinnacles and how much you should expect to get in a given season here's what you should expect they're not doing that they're like pinnacle pacing is kind of whack it takes eight perfect drops we're gonna make it so you only need four drops it's gonna be plus twos and then that's all they say that was their opportunity to give us assurances that like this is something that should be able to be done within a season and then you're going to do it again next season and they say nothing I don't know dude that was their chance and they didn't say anything uh, they call the 960 an aspirational grind in the update I, but what's it going to be next then 970 then 980 then 990 I don't know every season there's that aspirational grind what's the point What's the point? Let's say... Okay. Let's say they hit 960 near the end of this season and a bunch of more people hit 960 next season and I'm right. What does that do? Okay. That slowly over time makes the end game a little bit more enjoyable for you once your artifact is up. So every season, even if you're 960, you have a reason to grind your artifact and you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Whatever is aspirational, whatever is 980, whatever is set before you as the highest difficulty spectrum becomes a little bit quicker for you, becomes a little bit more accessible for you. If not, they've always got to slide the difficulty spectrum down. And if they slide the difficulty spectrum down, you leave behind everyone. You leave behind everyone that's not there. If they leave the difficulty spectrum as is, eventually you're just meeting, matching, and obliterating 980s as if they're nothing, eliminating all the difficulty spectrum beauty that we have right now. We have difficulty spectrum beauty in the game. There's always something out of your reach that pushes you to make different changes and different efforts and different ideas. And that gets eliminated if people can just slowly over the next season or so just meet those difficulty spectrums. So difficulty spectrum has to slide on a scale if people can start to get within reach of it because it eliminates the idea of what it truly is. A la carte seasons and difficulty spectrum make more sense if we can't hit 960 or if we're supposed to hit it slowly over multiple seasons so 
Duplus is asked at least five times if there's any mods here. Are there any mods here? I don't know why. Uh, maybe he needs a question deleted or something. Um, in the TWAB, it says, Our intent was to provide an aspirational progression that reflects participa- participation in some of the more difficult and time-limited content of Destiny 2. Again, that just doesn't say that we're, you're going to get a gear bump every season. There's somebody that's 991. Well, dude, people that are blitzing the artifact are a terrible example because the artifact's going to reset in a couple of weeks. Well, not in about a month. The average player will take multiple seasons. The dedicated power player will hit it this season. And I think that makes the most sense of the situation. Right? I don't know. I, I just... If they're always bumping 980, you're just running into the same problem. I think people are forgetting. I think you're forgetting. Push the pause button on what you think's going to happen. Just stop for a minute. Stop like your brain's like jumping to defend your position. Stop doing that for one minute. And I want you to remember annual pass last year, right? Every single season injection was a problem because there were so many people behind. They had to do surge bounties. Then they had to do a surge quest. And they've admitted that that was like a, that was a problem. Right? Why would they need to bump the 980? We'll start off 960 next season and we'll still be 20 under. They would need to bump the 980, Blader. I think you're missing my logic. Let me make it like, let me leave really light. Like I might have not have connected these dots. Sure. If they hit 960, that's not a reason to bump 980. You gotta bump 980 if you raise everybody's gear score. If everybody's max gear score gets beyond 950, their current difficulty structure doesn't work. Right now, their difficulty structure works. You hit 950, artifact takes you a little bit higher if if you've been playing, and the 950 to 980 spectrum works for Delta, for Challenge, for all of that. Like, you're never really at... It's rare. It'll be unusual for people to be truly at the 980, right? It'll be truly, you know, so if they bump everybody's max gear score up, then you got to push, you got to push the difficulty spectrum out as well. Like, what's a reasonable power bump next season? What's a reasonable power bump? Most people have been saying 50. If you can suddenly take your 950s and level up and grind stuff and get it to a thousand, it completely invalidates the entire difficulty spectrum. That all needs to slide up. If that all slides up, you have 80% of the community getting left behind again, just like in Black Armory, just like in Reckoning, just like in Season of Opulence. You leave people behind. So then you gotta do surge bounties, and then you gotta do surge quests, and you gotta catch everybody up. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a hamster wheel. And I don't think they want to do it anymore. Why would they need to bump? They can just raise the hard cap to 70? I don't know what you're talking about. I think most people that think we would get a level bump would bump it to, would bump up, bump us up 50 power levels from 950 to 1,000. If they only bump it by 10 levels, like, who's going to give a... I, I don't know. Who cares about that then? Do you want a power bump of 10 next season? No, most people want, like, a 40 or a 50. And if you do that, you got to slide the difficulty spectrum forward. One of the best things, right? One of the best things in the game right now is that they gave us difficulty spectrum. So you're never truly done. You pick a nightmare hunt 
and that right there is is like that's aspirational for basically the entire community 980s dangling there speed a time trial triumphs are dangling there as like this oh it's all the way out there and if you suddenly slide us up and you let us hit higher gear scores this is no longer a difficulty spectrum this is the same problem we've had in destiny all this time you get to level and everything's easy Right now, hardcore players have largely, at least in my estimation, have been celebrating this spectrum because there's always something out of your reach that makes you really think differently about combat instead of lazily playing everything at Delta. All of this slides forward if we do a power if we do a power gear score bump. And I'm telling you, Bungie's silence on this matter is almost, it's almost confirmation that that's what's taking place. If we were getting a gear power score bump, I really feel like by now they would have said something. Guys, we've heard people speculating about this, and we just want to assure everybody there will be a gear bump every season. It's not just going to be the artifact. They introduce the artifact. They introduce they introduce difficulty spectrum. They introduce an incredibly slow grind to 960, and people are like, Nah, dude, there's going to be a gear bump every season. All signs point to no, there won't. <laughs> this just doesn't seem logical. I mean, what are we going to be running then? What's the power levels going to be on these? 1,020 will be like the big daddy-o? Because everybody's 1,000 power? <laughs> and then all the people that didn't hit 950 have got to get caught up. So you got to do surge bounties again. I think their silence means there's going to be a power increase. You see how silly that sounds? If you want to say I sound silly, go right ahead. You can take a passive shot at me and try and insult me. I'm making a pretty substantive argument. I'm using difficulty spectrum. I'm using surge bounties, surge quests. I'm using a la carte season purchases to show that power gear bumps don't make a whole lot of sense. And Bungie's being silent on it. That's like the capstone cherry on top of my argument. You can take the cherry away. It's still an ice cream sundae. I've still made a pretty good argument. There hasn't been a good argument yet of like, how are you going to square gear bumps with a ridiculously slow grind to 960? How are you going to square that with a la carte seasons? How are you going to square that with the lion's of the community always falling behind and they got to do surge bounties and surge quests? How are you going to square your position with all those things? And the artifact! I, you know what I'm saying? You said more than 10 minutes ago that arguing based on silence is a weak position to argue from. Yep. And if you keep up with me, I know I talk fast. I just said that's like a capstone to the argument. I don't need their argument from silence. I'm saying if you look at everything I just said, their silence is kind of like, yeah, they don't seem to be talking about this. You can take that away. Fine. Ignore the fact that Bungie has said nothing. Ignore the argument from silence. Everything else I said seems to point to the fact that like a, a level bump every year on every season on gear is going to not isn't going to square with any of the systems they put in place it doesn't it just doesn't make sense of it nothing in the game right now makes logical sense if there's a gear bump every season they got to slide adept hero legend and masters they got to slide it up they got to do surge bounties again to catch everybody up you got to keep everybody caught up 
and then every season feels like that oh we're starting over again i gotta grind for level again i gotta go do these stupid surge bounties or i i gotta do go do these surge quests every season we have to level the artifact and our base power that idea is insane that ain't happening yeah it just makes more sense to me it just makes more sense to me that they're like hey welcome to season of dawn year 930 no worries keep on going you keep on leveling up uh your artifact's going to be leveling up too to give you that little season you know that little extra boost oh you're 950 keep trucking away to 960 no worries oh you're close to 960 keep on going you're almost there oh the primary means of getting you close to end game delta will be the artifact so grab your bounties grab your weeklies go do high xp gains play it like i don't know a traditional rpg focus on xp Every season, every season, that's your focus. And I think that's them slowly acclimating us to the idea that leveling needs a restructure. Leveling needs to be different. Like, grinding XP, right? Grinding XP, grab those bounties. You don't want to go run old content for milestones? Don't worry. You can go grind Crucible, and you can grab your weeklies, dailies, and repeatables and just grind XP to get your artifact back up. You know? Modern Tryhard says, doing old content to do new DLC content at launch sucks. Right, this all stays static. So if you're 950, you're like right in the center. If you're 900 to 950, you're right smack dab in the middle of all the content. So all they've got to do is shove out new content. And if there's difficulty spectrum, no worries. Do you know what that does? Do you know what difficulty spectrum does? It gives you aspirational goals for that season. As the artifact levels, you feel a little bit stronger. You start doing 950s and 980s. That's a great great structure you you still have aspirational endgame wherever you are along that spectrum there are so many flaws with the old system and I think Luke softly indicated he softly indicated that they want to change leveling and that I think the artifact is one of the ways that they're doing it and again I really do think by now I know this isn't conclusive I will admit this isn't conclusive but I think by now, Bungie would have spoken to this if they were doing a gear bump with Season of Dawn. I think they would have spoken to it. I think they're not speaking to it because they're going to have an actual TWAB or stream to explain their philosophy behind why we... Like, listen, every season this gear bump just wasn't working. The community wasn't enjoying it. I wouldn't be surprised if they cite stats about how every time we got to a season, a significant portion of the community wasn't at max level. Like, that was a big problem going into Black Armory. Like, no one was max level. It's like, what, 15% of the community or something was max level forsaken to Black Armory? I I bet, I bet, I put, I put money on it. Dollars to donuts. They're, they're going to have a twab or a stream to explain this shift. I bet you they let Luke Smith do it. I bet you he writes a thing. He's like, let's talk about leveling. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I know a lot of people are expecting this, but here's all the problems with it. Here were all the experiential challenges to that. And that's why we're going this way, right? Uh, H. Mongolite. That was a really, <laughs> that was a long debate. Uh, H. Mongolite. Lono, with the new uh, changes to pinnacle drops, do you think that was a quick reaction to the community complaints about being impossible to get to 60? What's your uh, prediction? Yeah, we just went round and round on that. Um, so, I don't want to revisit it. I, I, I think that super small percentage could potentially, with great RNG, hit 960 this season. Greater percentage will hit 960 next season. 
graded percentage will hit 960 spring season and I think that's the build up that's the build up to the crescendo of summer they said summer will be like no other time in destiny right they're gonna always that 960 community is just gonna expand every season instead of the alternative of being like yay a ridiculously small percentage of people hit 960 time for season of dawn do it all over again and you get the end of season of dawn yay an exceptionally small percentage of people hit 970 time to do it again like that just that's futility at every level of the spectrum of player both the hardcores grinding for it and the, and the people at the bottom who have to keep getting boomeranged up with surge bounties when you really zoom out and you think about it like that it just doesn't make any sense to do that every single season that to me I don't know, that's exhausting. I don't even, I don't even want to think about that. H Mongolite, Lono, do you think they will elaborate more on the season pass for Season of Dawn? I would like to see something uh, for when the pass hits rank 100, even if it's diminishing returns. Easiest thing they could do, easiest thing they could do is go into the season, okay? I would add, if I was Bungie, I would add a third column down here that is that unlocks after 100. So right now, I would be 132 and down here I'm earning maybe a diminished maybe diminished currencies and then maybe you can show this cuz we still get nostalgics every 5, okay? So down here is like the prestige level, okay? And it would show these and then it would show maybe diminished currencies and then maybe things like shaders uh i don't know um even if it was just diminished currencies and these guys and it would just say down here would be the repeatable lane let's just call it the repeatable lane and down here you see you see 10 legendary shards you see three enhancement cores you see these guys every five i think that'd be fine I don't think we need to go crazy, right? I don't think we need to go crazy, but I think having another lane down there that like opens up and unlocks when you prestige it, you pass a hundred, even if it's just diminished, just diminished currencies and then visually showing the player, oh, I get this nostalgic engram or whatever, um, or bright dust, maybe like 50 bright dust in place of these. Like every five levels, you get like a hundred bright dust. Um, I don't know. I I would I would think I would think that that would be that would be a really really easy value add for the hardcore players. Nothing significant, nothing game breaking. Just a nice rhythm of currency and stuff in the game. So I don't know. Uh because they give you 100 bright dust here I don't know how often bright dust oh bright, 100 bright dust is showing up every every what oh and it stops okay yeah maybe not 100 bright dust maybe 50 you gotta be careful because then people could I don't know blitz it and do silly stuff and then I don't think bright dust could be that cheese though I mean it, it would take that would take a lot of effort that would take a lot of effort oh there's 100 here 100 bright dust here how much bright dust do you get overall so that's 100 200, 300, 400. So 400 in total spread out across it. You could give us that again, but just spread it out. You know, I don't know. 
I think there is something to be said about redoing the season pass for something, even if it's a title. What if, I mean, what if it gives you an emblem for hitting 100 and then that emblem tracks how high you go beyond it? It's like a prestige emblem. And then again, something pretty basic. Um, something pretty basic, like just some currencies and stuff. Palms 2341. Uh, do you think Bungie is afraid of making guns too powerful now? Xenophage Quest is awesome, but the performance of the gun is subpar. We had a very similar question to this earlier about, like, is Bungie afraid to make really powerful weapons? I don't think so. I My theory is more along the lines of this. I think they're looking at exotics. Um, I think they're looking at exotics like Ariana's Vow and the... Um, What's the other? Uh, the Divinity. I think these weapons have particular roles in the game. That's what I think they're going for. So you don't use Divinity or Ariana's Vow the way that we typically have used exotics, which is you slap on the Galahorn, you slap on the Sleeper or the Whisper, and you take it into every boss fight. I think exotics are starting to emerge as this thing is a scalpel and there's times to pull this thing out right this is a scalpel this is a chisel this is a hammer and then those things have particular you know roles in the, in the game and how we play it because up to now i mean even as anagis i would say isn't a really good scalpel category you're 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 using this you're using this in certain instances it requires skill timing awareness but you're not taking this into all activities the way that we were like oh just bring galley oh just bring sleeper and then for a while there there was a little bit of this right there was a little bit of this where it was um in axis you had people running the Dark Drinker, you had people running Sleeper, you had people running Galley, I ran Starfire Protocol, you know? There there were, there were <laughs> that is ridiculous in Viro. Um, so I, I think we got a taste of that in the Axis fight, but I think they're wanting more of that across the board. RT Mayday. What would you like to see done for the Xenophage to make it feel exotic? With the exception of Thunderlord, I can't remember anything unique with any of D1's LMGs. Yeah, you know, you had that with a super good advice. That one was terrible. Thunderlord was good, but it wasn't meta. Machine guns have already, have always been kind of bad. Um, listen, if, if the Xenophage is underperforming, let's let, let's see what they do. If they just raise overall damage, let's see if that pairs with Divinity or debuffs or something. Oh, I don't know. Because there could be some crazy, you know, combinations that are just kind of wild with it. I don't know. I don't know. Also, a catalyst. We just, I would want to wait. I don't know what would make it good. I really don't. They don't, apparently it, it not critting is, is by design. So. Yeah, Vreek here says, here's the reasoning on Pinnacle. He says, we're not hitting our goals for the availability of rewards in all slots for the pinnacle level rewards. Um, it's yeah, it's about number of drops. It's about hitting duplicates more than anything. T-Funk. 
Do you think Bungie should bring back fun exotics? Most content doesn't need exotics. Like you said, you rarely run one. Well, in, in hardcore stuff, I'm running one. I do miss the stupid exotics uh, that was fun like Dragon's Breath pre-nerf uh, when it did the Molotov idea. I I definitely have changed as a player in just the last like week. It's weird to say that, but just trying to figure out time trials for master level nightmare hunts, it's like opening my eyes to where Destiny can go. I'm starting to sort of sense oh, this is what Luke Smith was talking about when he said depth and breadth and MMO RPG, MMO action game, like the way we use finishers, the way we use unstable essence, the way we use our exotics, like the way we change our loadouts and synergize as a team. I I feel like we're, I'm starting to kind of get a glimpse into his mind about, oh, Luke Smith's vision for the game is this is what min-maxing feels like in Destiny. Min-maxing in all games is different, right? Like, it's not going to feel the same everywhere. And the way it feels in Destiny, when you're doing a nightmare hunt at the hardest difficulty of Master, and you're going for time trial, there's a lot of things in there that you don't really need to do anywhere else. And if they expand on that idea, champions, exotics that are specifically doing something in a particular way, um, loadouts that empower you to do things, like, think about what we're doing right now. We're not running Well of Radiance. We're not damage jumping with grenade launchers. We're using a blinding effect on grenades. When did we ever really need to do that in Destiny up to now? You know, in Diablo, I remember, like, sometimes you would need to stun. Sometimes you would need to knock back. Sometimes you would need to ensnare. And not always, but, I mean, that's a level of, like, oh, RPG synergy. You do that, I'll do this. You do that, I'll do this. Like, the ensnaring, the debuffing, and all of that. And up to now, we've gotten like a tiny taste. Stand here, protection, buff, hit the enemy with a debuff, bake. And they're expanding on that, right? And I know Wendigo was useful prior to now. I'm just saying the blinding grenades never felt needed in the way that if you watch our strats on these nightmare hunts at Master, dude, blinding grenades on Wendigo are incredibly, incredibly helpful. So... It's Madonna says, the two most recent exotics, Leviathan Breath and Xenophage, are undoubtedly underperforming. However, using these weapons in Gambit, they're extremely powerful. With crits or not in Xenophage's case, just wish they would release a catalyst achieved for the. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly know. We've had a lot of commentary like that today. That wasn't really a question. Davinsky's, do you think the exotics and ritual weapons aren't so good this season because Bungie is playing it safe to not create OP weapons? I think right now, I want you to think back to Armor in Forsaken, okay? Bungie makes all these changes, and they give us, they get rid of double primary, and they give us random rolls, okay? So if your memory, if if your memory's sharp on this, you're probably going to agree with what I'm about to say. I think by and large, what we celebrated in Forsaken was the weapon system's better, Let's chase some god rolls, okay? And armor kind of sat in a, eh, who cares? Kind of a holding pattern. You would run something because it got a good roll on hand cannon reloader or something, and that was basically it. And the investment path on armor didn't really matter much. And then in comes armor 2.0. Right now, 
exotics, ritual weapons, perk pools on the weapons in general for you to chase. I believe the shoe's on the other foot now. I believe armor is the big persistence and the big chase and the big depth and the big breadth. And then weapons are kind of in a holding pattern. They haven't done much with them. It's generally a lot of the same things. Like, we are chasing some pretty fun roles that synergize with the armor, but really the only one you can do that with is is Demolitionist, and then you run Anti-Barrier, and, you know, then you run Breach Refractor. Outside of that, there's not a lot going on there. I think that's intentional. Guns are sort of in a safe spot, so they can go and make far-reaching changes, and and make significant you know, upheavals to perk systems or damage structures or, or what we can even do with the weapon. And I don't think they wanted to, right before doing that, I don't think they wanted to like disrupt the balance of power by dropping a bunch of insanely strong weapons. That's why they're like, nope, we can't do pinnacles again. Just do ritual. They're good. They're not terrible. They're not trash. They're good weapons. And then exotics are in a very... I actually think exotics are clearer to see they have specific roles. It's just that Xeno doesn't really have one yet. I think people are finding a ways ways to use Leviathan's breath, maybe not as much as the divinity in Ariana's vow. Can the Xeno quest be done solo? Um I think so. I think that boss fight's gonna be freaking brutal. Cause you're gonna t- you're gonna have to stay alive for a long time, and if you die it's over. I think soloing that boss room would be really, really tough because you have to grab the ball. You're the only thing in the room. So you're going to draw a ridiculous amount of aggro when you go for the ball. And then when you grab the ball, uh, you got to go grab a, bu- a, th- a thing and you can only damage with that, you know, that element. Esoteric did it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, can it be soloed? If Esoteric did it, then there's your answer. Um, and it took him a long time. I would imagine even people that play at that level are going to be in there for a super super uh, long time hoping for neutral dread for his anagis right because a lot of that's going to be rng right you know people have done it solo flawless that is ridiculous not the dungeon you're telling me somebody did the new boss the hidden boss for xeno solo flawless that is just unbelievable that's crazy uh clay tongs what is your opinion on the introduction of polarization in the community through quests such as Drifter versus Vanguard. Do you believe that there should be lasting consequences to our choices? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the question, I think the question would be better phrased. Is that valuable? And does that, is that good for destiny? Is it valuable? And is it good for destiny for you to pick a side and be stupid? Stuck with it. Number one, like, does that fit with Destiny? At the present, I, ugh. at the present, Destiny doesn't feel like that's like a thing. You know, um, that doesn't feel like that. that, that doesn't feel like there's room for that in the game right now. Number one, developmentally, like as far as bandwidth goes, how how much can they create that gives me a different experience than you if you pick black and I pick white? You know. If you pick red and I pick blue, like if you pick green and I pick yellow, like whatever, whatever side we pick, you know, Drifter is green and, and Vanguard's blue and we're picking a side. How much could they conceivably design to give you a different experience than me? I don't know if the game is ready for that. Could it be coming? It's possible. It's possible. Because if, if, if Eris learns how to harness whatever the frick that power is, right? 
from that veiled statue in the pyramid ships she could become like the dark speaker and she gets tempted and starts to discover you know these dark powers we can use I could see them doing that in the next game I couldn't see them doing that in this game uh, S. Hankin with the change to 950 drops do you think there will be a power level increase next season we debated this already for like 20 minutes Parker Ashton is there anything you'd like to see advance or change in dungeons throughout the remainder of D2's life yeah better loot incentive better loot incentive um i i don't think that uh i don't think that loot incentive is strong enough in either of them um in either of them so zer still sucks is that where he is or was that is that last week i think that's new yeah let's go see him because we can always buy the faded and see if we can't get a cool piece of armor um i usually go with my warlock hoping for like a a good random roll on a pair of armor. I wish you could buy a faded and only get armor. I wish you could always just always 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 get armor. Nice shirt. Thank you Darkoth. Guys, this shirt's available right now. Uh, they sent it to me rush shipping. It's super soft. It's an all over print. There's no ink on it. It's actually like a dyeing method. I'm pretty sure it's how they do this. Super comfortable. It feels like a golf shirt. Uh, if you use the command shirt sale uh, you can get this discounted right now until Sunday uh, with the code. Double V thirty three. Since this kind of archetype of machine gun, to my knowledge, has never been done before, there's is there any fear it will get overturned after Bungie fixes it, or with it being exotic and not necessarily a great crucible weapon, that overtuning would be accessible, uh, acceptable. I mean, I don't know what you mean by overtuning. I mean, right now it's trash, so it can only go up. Um, it can only go up. I don't know how high they want to take it. I also don't know what role they they envision it having. So if you look at tractor cannon and then you look at, you know, the Izanagis, these are weapons that perform very, very differently, but they also have different roles. Like, what's the gun supposed to do? And when Bungie answers that question, I think that's when, I mean, you, you would start to maybe see better argumentation about high, low, crit, no crit, you know, all those things. Because we don't even know what the gun's supposed to do. We're like, what the frick? Like, what am I supposed to use this for, you know? And it's just, I think they need to establish that first. Because sometimes you can clearly see a weapon and you know, you're like, oh, this is for so-and-so. You know, Whisper of the Worm. This is for boss damage. A nice stationary target. Just unload on him. You know, that's a thing. Guys, don't buy armor unless you absolutely have to. Because the stat rolls are all trash. They're right from the collections. Uh, I always buy this in the hopes that I get armor. Um, and I got Borealis. Thanks. That's freaking great. I might as well lock it and keep it just in case. Because it dropped at uh, 950. So... Um, I always buy those hoping for armor. Eknor. The problem I see with the exotic weapon balance is for power weapons, they are balancing on total damage output with full ammo capacity, and special ammo exotics and even legendaries are easily outperforming in terms of DPS. What do you think is a good balance for exotics in different slots? New power exotics are kind of underwhelming. Well, I mean... You're saying that power weapons, 
they're balancing total damage and that legendaries are easily outperforming them in terms of DPS. I feel like you're really oversimplifying the power slot. Okay. A spike nade grenade launcher does, in the right circumstances, outperform the DPS of a Whisper or a Darcy. But Whisper and Darcy still have their place. 1K voices, I, I don't, I've not used 1K in a while. I feel like 1K still has a place. Now, Sleeper, I, I feel like they kind of hurt Sleeper a bit too much. Sleeper needs a little bit of help, maybe. Um, Queen Breaker isn't meant for DPS. Thunderlord got killed by the machine gun nerf. They need to bring machine guns back up in general. Uh, actually, I think Prospector is really, really strong if used properly. Worldline Zero is not really meant to be used as DPS. Neither is Legend of Acrius. Uh, neither is Black Talon. So, I mean, the ones that you would think I don't know about Colony either. Colony, again, is very, very specific, so you can't necessarily look at it and say, oh, you know, this thing should be doing better damage. It's it's insect grenades that crawl on the ground. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, this is like a Borderlands weapon. Um, and I wish, I wish I liked using it. I, re- I love that ornament. I love making it look like a black armory weapon. But I hate that it does like it just doesn't serve a purpose outside of you know making people rage quit in PvP. Um, so I I don't think this is an accurate representation. If you go if you go to like the weapons and you come down here, swords, nope, they're not out DPSing at all. Rocket launchers, nope, again, not at all. Linear fusion rifles, <laughs> what? Uh, machine guns, absolute trash for dps you have one weapon type and one particular archetype within that weapon type and one particular role within that archetype weapon type legendary that does a really good job for damage so eknor you have really overstated the reality of it like legendaries are not easily outperforming a lot of the exotic heavies in dps one type grenade launchers one archetype aggressive one roll type spike nade super narrow right now special weapons are outperforming these weapons for damage no is a nagi's maybe what special weapon are you using in here what legendary special weapon are you using to out dps a lot of the exotic heavies we just looked at what are you talking about I mean, I get what are shotguns still going crazy? I thought they really reined in shotgun damage ceiling. Shotguns are good, but I don't think a legendary shotgun is going to out DPS a lot of the exotics we just looked at. Firing line snipers? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't necessarily know. One, two punch? Yeah, but how many of the bosses in this game can you effectively use one-two punch on? You know, you're cheesing something in a public space or a strike boss. You go into an actual 980 environment and you're not going to freaking do that. You're going to one-two punch with your shotgun. You're not using fusions, that's for sure. You're not using these, these grenade launchers. Again, you're going to a very narrow thing. Legendary shotgun with one-two punch in environments where you can pull it off. And you're like, oh, it can out DPS. Or a firing line sniper. So I need a, a particular sniper, a particular role, and I need people standing next to me. And then this thing can out DPS potentially, you know, potentially other exotics. But when you come over here, obviously Izanagi's is 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 incredible right now. We, we're not going to deny that. 
But when you come down here to the power exotics, which which is what you referenced, I think a lot of these still output a ton of damage. You know, again, from far away too, you got to consider like you got to consider sleeper and whisper. I I use whisper, right? I use whisper in the uh, in the garden fight. I like it. It feels good. I use tractor cannon uh, in a lot of the environments leading up to Garden of Salvation boss. You know, it's not out DPSing; it's keeping uh, freeing up uh, other slots. I mean, I'm engaging with the question asked. He says even he said special ammo legendaries are easily outperforming in forms of DPS. Oh, I thought he was talking about yeah, because he started by saying power weapons. Exotic weapon balance is for power weapons. They're balancing total damage output with full ammo capacity, and special ammo exotics and even legendaries are easily outperforming them in DPS. Right. This was about power weapons. I mean, other than Izanagi's, I don't know very many special weapon exotics. I'm sorry, special weapon legendaries that are outperforming. Again, I just think you kind of overstated it. There are some instances where a one-two punch shotgun or a firing line sniper might pull off really, really good damage. But again, those are really narrow and contextual and role dependent. Um, so I don't, it's not like a one size fits all. These weapons are always doing better and they're always out DPSing. I think sometimes if you're using the right weapon in the right way, even if it's not an exotic, it's going to hit really high damage ceiling and that's probably okay. So. Did Zerg get a new outfit? No, I think it's just the light on Nessus has him, like, illuminated. Clay Tongs. Do you believe that Bungie should incorporate more of a crafting element into certain elements of the game, such as enhanced versions of weapons forges from Curse? Uh, something different and more focused long-term? I don't know. I get really nervous when I hear crafting. I think crafting can be absolute death to games like this. Um... And what the minute you can start building a gun and building a god roll, it really hurts. It really, really hurts loot grind and loot incentive. It's just the nature of, um, it's just the nature of these games. You got to be very, very careful with crafting. So I'm always going to be like, nah, we don't really probably need that. Caveman, do you feel like weapon exotics this season are so special, are too specialized to be nightfall weapons? I don't know. I just feel underwhelmed by them. We've dealt with this question a lot. I've already kind of given my piece on it. Uh, we've got a lot of resubs I think coming that I might have missed. Well-fed Goose with 27 months, Velociraptor with 15 months, and Von Buggy with 4 months. Thank you. Unwits. I think you talked about this before. Do you think exotics need to be more exotic? More damage, more uniqueness, more choices. I feel like a lot of them still feel like they do nothing. Well, the new exotics, I think, are kind of falling in a lane of what we asked for. Really specific power. And then I think... Um... Old exotics, some of them do need help, but I don't I don't want to go through all of them right now. Oscillation. Off topic, kinda. What about perfected weapon perks like Outlaw Perfected or Rampage Perfected? You could masterwork a weapon to the rolls. This is an idea from another one of my videos that I didn't call um, perfecting it. I called having three tiers of the weapon. Tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier three gets the little yellow circle around it. So imagine you get a weapon, uh, you get an elemental hand cannon and it's got Outlaw Dragonfly, and everything is Tier 1. So you can feel what the gun feels like to a degree, right? It's got Outlaw, it's got Dragonfly, maybe it's got some weird mag perk that helps you reload quicker. 
Uh, the more you use the weapon, you level up those perks by using it within, you know, getting XP with it, and then you go to tier 2 on the perks, and then tier 3, and then you're done. The reason I came up with this idea was I was just thinking, how do we add investment into the gun to where you're like, I want to make this gun better and level it up without taking away, you know, god roll grinding? Because I think chasing god rolls is good. I think there's something good about that. It, it's something that we all do, whether you do it at the lectern or in nightfalls or wherever you're going, you're chasing certain guns and certain rolls. And we, we don't want to eradicate that. If you eradicate that, that's part of the identity of Destiny for the last five years. Whether you were chasing Imago Loop, you know, God Roll, or God Roll, IS Luna, or uh, Matador, you know? There was no intentional, uh... There was no intentional grind, though, for a lot of those guns, which was the problem. D1 had gun leveling, I hated that. That's not what I just described. Slow down. D1, you had to unlock the perk by using it and leveling it. I'm saying you would get the perks out of the bag... I got my god I got I got my the roll that I wanted. I got Outlaw Dragonfly. And the more you use it, you level those perks up making them slightly better. You're capstoning the gun. Republic. Do you think a good fix for Xeno and its reload is making the mag size the max amount of ammo you can hold? You don't have to reload it so much. I'm not going to get down these rabbit holes anymore. Let's wait and see what they do with the gun. Uh, MW2 Killer. Why do you think Bungie decided to drop the Pinnacle Hotfix on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's their estimated time. Like, they need time to, 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 to load it into the hopper. Tuesday may already be packaged up and ready to go. So, whatever they're doing on Tuesday might already be, like, packaged and ready to go. Maybe Is there a small update on Tuesday? I don't know. Maybe they just need more time. I have no idea why they did it. Twisky. If you're really grinding the crap out of the game season 8 and you hit 960, season 9 you hit 70, 10 you hit 980, season 11 you hit 990, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's what they're doing. Um, Death Breath says, um, What happens to champions next season? Mods are currently on the artifact to deal with them. Do they drop into the general loot pool or repeat on the artifact? I don't know. Um, you're asking two questions, it seems like. What's happening to the mods and what's happening to the champions? I think champions will be a continued fixture in the game because if not, then the intrinsic benefits to Leviathan's Breath, Ariana's Vow, and Divinity, those guns become really, really silly if all of a sudden there's no more champions in the game. So I think champions are a continued fixture in the game that they're getting a lot of capital out of, right? They're putting them in nightfalls, they're in nightmare hunts, they're in the raid, um, they add that good rhythm of difficulty, and then you've got, you know, mods as well uh, as exotics to mitigate that pain. So, um, that that would be my thought, is that they're, they're going to be a fixture in the game. Now, about the mods... I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to take in the feedback from the community about, oh, you limited artifact mods to certain gun types. We didn't like that. Oh, you limited artifact mods and they couldn't go into the exotics. We didn't like that. I, I don't know. Um, surely not going to require us to use those exotics to deal with them. Oh, no, no, no. I think there will always be 
modifiers either on the artifact or as you're positing and questioning what if they just drop in the game or drop into the general loot pool so you can always have that right anti-barrier mod anti uh, I'm sorry unstoppable and overload those could potentially just become mods we can use and then next season they add something else so if you're like oh shoot I want to go run that activity there's there's champions in there and the artifact mod this season doesn't have anti-barrier or whatever no worries it's a normal mod now they even said in a gamescom interview I think that they were toying around with the idea of some of the seasonal mods dropping down and becoming like mods we can use all the time I'm fairly certain that was said in one of the interviews Dante Norris apologies this was asked or already mentioned but how do you feel if they implemented smart drop system for pinnacle where the game would detect the need and drop in the guarantee spot right I think one of the reasons they're trying to avoid this is because if they do this then the dilemma becomes we're going to want it in more places Ada's bounty and the menagerie are proof that when they give us something like that then people really want more of it they're like oh my gosh this is great can we get more of this so there's a really this is like this is a little bit like uh this is like pandora's box with respect to expectations if you're like hey we're gonna give you guys smart rng on pinnacle drops people are gonna be like man that's great uh could we get smart rng on milestones now too can we get smart rng here can we get smart rng there um so i don't think smart rng is something that they want to do i think they're avoiding it i really do because what, what what have they been doing? What have they been doing? They're protecting us against bad RNG as best they can. They have drop rate protection in Nightfalls. If you go, don't get it, don't get it, don't get it, your chance starts going up. So I think they're, they're, they are averse to the idea of smart RNG. And they probably have reasons for that. Because... Um, you're you're going to start asking for it in more places and the danger of smart RNG landing in more places is the game suddenly becomes a transaction of time you put enough time you literally get everything like the punch out system on certain things like play enough got it okay play enough up oh, got the next one play enough up oh, got the next one play enough up oh, got the next one it, it becomes too transactional too much smart RNG is a bad thing I'm not saying we don't want any smart RNG I am speculating that Bungie is sort of anti smart RNG because of the potential Pandora's box of expectations that it opens for the community at large uh, Jalad- Jaladic what would be a great way to implement faction rallies back into the game? I have argued that they should be around all the time, and you can select the one that you want for the season, and while grinding and playing and doing, their, they would have dailies, weeklies, repeatables, and you could raise your rank with them, and every season they would have a a sparrow ship and shader, uh, maybe a couple shaders, and you unlock those as rewards of tier for like your rank with them, and faction rally would happen once a month, and introduce like a weapon, and you grind like crazy trying to get the god roll from future war cult and then the weapon goes away and then the next month you do another faction rally and that weapon from last one drops into the general loot pool so as long as you're grinding you're able to get those every once in a while from future war cult but since that one dropped into the general loot pool faction rally number two of the season introduces another weapon so there's always there's always the rhythmic urgency of oh it's faction rally i want to try and get this weapon because if not i gotta wait till next one for it to drop into the general loot pool 
while you're waiting or while you're grinding once it's in the general loot pool you're raising your rank with them you're doing bounties you're unlocking shaders you're unlocking stuff like that that would be my my that's my quick cliff notes flyover for like how to bring faction rally to the game they would be in the tower they would be grindable they would have stuff for you to earn each season and faction rally could still show up as a as a monthly event that would matter and it, and it would feel like you know pretty good split between everybody Eknor. In Shadowkeep, we got only one open world exotic drop, the Monte Carlo, and the rest is through quest. Xenophage quest is great, but Leviathan Breath felt like a filler in the roadmap. Do you think this approach will affect the game long long run? I kind of liked exotic drop grind before. Well, here's something I think you're forgetting. I also think you're sort of, maybe it's not on your radar, maybe you're not there yet. There is a significant exotic grind for armor for people that are like in the in the end game nightfall like loop trying to get a god roll Nezerax or a god roll Orpheus god roll Celestial god roll one-eyed mask you know you Titan crutch lords you know the, the people are going for those in the in the in the nightfalls so armor 2.0 and stat rolls did bring an element of like there are exotics worth chasing and exotic drops in the world are really exciting. I'll show you one that got me pretty excited. Uh, it's right here. This Nezerax, oops, this Nezerax dropped in the world. You gotta subtract the recovery mod. It's a 61, right? We learned that resilience isn't that good, but um, 13 discipline, 13 intellect. It was low on mobility strength, which is something that I like. I wish resilience and recovery were swapped. Two tiers for recovery would have been nice on one piece of armor. So, I I like this thing. This thing dropped in the world. So, armor 2.0 and stat roll chasing is a thing that I think people are doing. They're going to spend all season hitting up the nightfall. Why? I mean, exotics are transcendent. You take them into the next season. So, getting a good stat roll like this in the wild is a thing and nightfalls are there to serve that purpose. Now, I know there's not very many new exotics being dropped in the world. They're primarily being handled through quests. I think this is one of the reasons maybe they did less. Also, I think even the new armor pieces were... Weren't they all guaranteed by playing the campaign? You just got them. Um, so, I think they mainly thought this season the lion's share of the players would be chasing exotic stat rolls and stuff in nightfall loot pools so we don't need like all these world drop exotics personally i'm kind of okay with saying here's a new exotic go do a really unique quest to get it even if the quests are underwhelming isn't that better than everybody getting the thing and you can't get the thing because it's unbelievably random and then people are just finding like yellow bars to farm because they have a high likelihood of dropping them and you start turning the game into like this oh dude if I could only get a freaking exotic to drop you know like I, I I don't know I like it I wish Ariana's Val like hindsight's 2020 I wish Ariana's Val would have been a, had a little bit of its own quest line to get just so you could get it early on but I think this is like your first exposure to oh there's built-in intrinsic perks on exotics now. And I really do think, I think over time, especially once people start watching some of the guides that like myself and other people are putting out about, here's how to get a time trial in a 980 Master night- Nightmare Hunt. Ariana's Vow and uh, Izanagi's and Divinity. I don't know about, I don't know about Leviathan's Breath. 
I think you'll start to see maybe some of those um, showing up more often because they wanted to expose us to the idea that oh, Divinity, Ariana's, they have intrinsic reasons to run them against champions. Um, I do think Ariana's Val would have been cooler if you'd have been like, hey, you're you're level three on the season pass. Here's a bounty. Go see the gunsmith and do like a little, you know, like a little thing to get it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna die on that hill. I, I don't, you know, the 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 quest line to get the un, unfortunately this this quest line. I think I think the Zeno's quest line is really cool. You got some puzzles. You got this extra boss. You know, the boss is kind of crazy, kind of hard. You know, kind of fun. And then Divinity, you go into like these, you do all these weird things in the raid, and you're like, you're making, you know, you're carrying these beams, and you know, Bob runs the wrong direction and breaks the beam. You're like, no, and you gotta do it again. Um, you know, and I didn't do Leviathan's Breath yet, so I, you know, I heard that one was a little bit underwhelming. Part of me again is like the the idea of us getting new exotics and just having quest lines attached to them, I think I like that more than them being like, oh man, there's a new exotic and you might get it, and then like a month later you're like, I am so freaking sick of this. Just give me the stupid gun. Like, oh, I don't know, the 1k voices, or um, let's see, what's that one that I'm missing? Oh, that's right, the freaking anarchy! Like, you see what I'm saying? I would much rather them say here's a quest for Deathbringer, here's a quest for Breath, Xenophage, whatever, then have this thing just freaking mocking me multiple seasons in a row. Um, Because raid interest goes down. You know, people don't want to lose Scourge. People don't want to go back in there. And so this thing sits here grayed out on my freaking collections for forever. Um, Oh, I love it too. It looks so good. Um... I wish you could put shaders on exotics. It's kind of a bummer. You got your anarchy set your second run. Man, I'm I'm so happy for you. Uh, Republic City 2. Do you find it weird that Xenophage doesn't do anything to help against champions? That could be its catalyst. Ooh, I like this. Somebody said this. Where did I read this? Shoot, was it chat or Twitter or YouTube? Dad gummit. Um somebody said somebody said what if the catalyst for xenophage is that it does all three it does disruption it does barrier it does uh it does uh, unstoppable you know like i uh i was i was curious like i don't know i thought that was i thought that was interesting Somebody said that. I thought, ooh. I said, hmm, I could see that. Because then, then you go into content and one person's run Xeno. There's no champions in the dungeon. Doesn't that seem weird? Oh, that's a good point, Freak. Dang it. Why do you got to shoot a good idea down in flames with intelligence? Frick. He's probably right. Oh, wait. Whoa. Nope. I got to push back, Freak. I'm already back on the horse. What if the harder version of the ch- of the dungeon has champions? down in there ha ha check ah, it's not checkmate but that's check we're back on the board they could do champions in the dungeon for the harder difficulty and then you're like oh this is so tough and then you get the catalyst for the xeno and you're like oh my gosh the catalyst does all three that'd be really neat that'd be really neat
Because then you'd put one person on Xeno and the other guys could kind of run whatever they need. So if you guys are sniping the barriers or there's a disruption guy or there's an unstoppable ogre, I can handle it, you know? I can take care of it. That'd be that'd be good. That'd be good. Alright, I, I saved us, chat. I saved us. It's still a good idea. <laughs> it's still a good idea. So, um... That was a great Q&A session. We're going to keep playing. I think we might run some raids. I think there might be people around to run some raids. We'll keep the conversation going. If you're here live right now, a free way to support me is to click the follow button. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.